You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. Mike here. We're getting real close to the end of the book of Luke. Just four more chapters, two more episodes here in the book of Luke. I think it's really important to read one of the gospel accounts every once in a while. By all means, more than every once in a while would be great (laughs) if, if you want. But every once in a while, just picking up one of these books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, reading it through, and just reminding ourselves of the gospel. It's just integral to who we are as Christians, if you are a Christian. It's integral to our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God, our relationship with others, how we understand ourselves and our purpose. This informs all of it. And not to mention, Jesus gives us an example of how to live. And that's not the only point of the book and the only point of his life. But our purpose as believers is to become more like Jesus, right? To let our speech be like his speech, to be our, let our actions be like his actions. And the best way we can know what that's like is to read these books. So that's why we're here. We're in the book of Luke. And last episode, we saw Jesus's heart break for the people who would never come to accept him. Today, we're going to see his heartbreak for the people who did accept him. Luke shows us the human side of Jesus' anguish and broken trust here in Luke 21 through 22. He looked up and saw the rich people who were putting their gifts into the treasury. He saw a certain poor widow casting in two small brass coins. He said, (sighs) (laughs) Truly, I tell you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For all these put in their gifts for God from their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. As some were talking about the temple and how it was decorated with beautiful stones and gifts, he said, As for these things which you see, the days will come in which there will not be here one stone left on another that will not be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, so when will these things be? What's the sign that these things are about to happen? He said, Watch out that you don't get led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, Oh, I'm he, and the time is at hand. Therefore, don't follow them. When you hear of wars and disturbances, don't be terrified, for these things must happen first. But the end won't come immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and plagues in various places. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will turn out as a testimony for you. 
Settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and a wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to withstand or to contradict. You'll be handed over even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will cause some of you to be put to death. You'll be hated by all men for my name's sake. And not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will win your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you know that its desolation is at hand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the middle of her depart. Let those who are in the country not enter therein. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who nurse infants in those days. For there will be a great distress in the land and wrath to this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword. They will be led captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the time of Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on the earth anxiety of nations in perplexity for the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting for fear and for expectation of the things which are coming in the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. He told them a parable. See the fig tree and all the trees? When they're already budding, you see it, and you know by your own selves that the summer is already near. Even so, you also, when you see these things happening, know that God's kingdom is near. Most certainly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things are accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So be careful, or your hearts will be loaded down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day will come on you suddenly, for it will come like a snare on all those who dwell on the surface of the earth. Therefore, be watchful all the time, praying that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will happen, and to stand before the Son of Man. Every day Jesus was teaching in the temple, and every night he would go out and to spend the night on the mountain that's called Olivet. All of the people came early in the morning to him in the temple to hear him. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might put him to death, for they feared the people. Satan entered into Judas, who is also called Iscariot who was counted with the twelve. He went away and talked with the chief priests and captains about how he might deliver him to them. They were glad and agreed to give him money. He consented and sought an opportunity to deliver him to them in the absence of the multitude. The day of unleavened bread came on which the Passover must be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go, prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? He said to them, When you've entered into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. Tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He'll show you to a large, furnished, upper room. Make preparations there. They went 
and found things as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve apostles. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will no longer by any means eat of it until it's fulfilled in God's kingdom. He received a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, share it among yourselves. For I tell you, I will not drink at all again from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom comes. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. The Son of Man indeed goes as has been determined, but woe to that man through whom he is betrayed. They began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. A dispute also arose among them which of them was considered to be the greatest. He said to them, The kings of the nations lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. But one who is the greater among you, let him become as the younger, and one who is governing as one who serves. For who is greater, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Isn't it he who sits at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. I confer on you a kingdom even as my father conferred on me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. You'll sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The Lord said, Simon, oh, Simon, Satan has asked to have all of you that he might sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. You, when once you've turned again, Establish your brothers. He said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will by no means crow today until you deny that you know me three times. He said to them, when I sent you out without purse, wallet, and sandals, did you lack anything? They said, no, nothing. Then he said to them, but now, Whoever has a purse, let him take it. And likewise, a wallet. Whoever has none, let him sell his cloak and buy a sword. For I tell you that that which is written must still be fulfilled in me. He was counted with transgressors. For that which concerns me has an end. They said, uh, Lord, uh, uh, here, here are two swords. He said to them, yeah, that, that's enough. He came out and went, as his custom was, to the Mount of Olives. His disciples also followed him. When he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that you don't enter into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, oh, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 
An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose up from his prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. He said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd appeared. He who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He came near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? A certain one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered, let me at least do this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and elders who had come against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you in the temple daily, you didn't stretch out your hand against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. They seized him, led him away, and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed from a distance. When they enkindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat among them. Certain servant girls saw him as he sat in the light and, looking intently at him, said, This man was also with him. He denied Jesus, saying, Woman, I, I, I don't know him. But after a little while, someone else saw him and said, hey, You also are one of them. But Peter answered, Man, I, I'm, I'm not. After about one hour passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, No, truly, this man also was with him, for he's a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the Lord's word, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The men who had held Jesus mocked him and beat him. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, Prophesy! Who is the one who struck you? They spoke many other things against him, insulting him. As soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people were gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away into their councils, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you won't believe. And if I ask, you will in no way answer me or let me go. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all said, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You say it, because I am. He said, why do we need any more witnesses? For we ourselves have heard from his own mouth. In these chapters, we see a lot of preparation. Jesus teaches about how to prepare for the final days. He prepares for his betrayal and trial with intense prayer. But then we see the consequences of his disciples' lack of preparation. 
Peter, James, and John did not prepare for a long night of prayer with Jesus. Peter thought that he was prepared to defend Jesus, but found out he didn't prepare in the right way. If you don't include pre-prayer as you prepare, you aren't prepared. Prayer is how you prepare. That is the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Domini. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.